skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra Mulder. And I am Sam Blackwell. Uh, this week, we're going to tackle topics like college, sex in cars, Uh-huh. And those people that we just can't let go of. Mm, I hate them. Uh, but first, we want to start with just a, a broad Surgeon General's warning, which is... We don't actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us are qualified to do this. No. Nope. We're actually both English majors. So if you want me to write a three to five page paper about how your partners like Beowulf or something, I can do that. That's right. I wrote my thesis on punctuation. So I'm not going to be helpful in any way in this, so in this, this whole thing. All to say, um, you know, take all of our advice with a grain of salt or sand or whatever the fuck that saying is. Um, we're just here to give you our humble opinion um, to hopefully shed some understanding and hopefully some laughs on the incredibly rewarding and mostly confusing experience that is love. (laughs) So, yeah, um, this is our first podcast. This is so crazy. I know. I know. Sam is my best friend, and I'm so excited to have, like, a creative project with him. It's honestly been probably, like, the most joy-filled creative project (laughs) I've had in the past, I don't know. 
So everyone else who Sierra has collaborated with, uh, clearly I'm the best. <laughs> oh, who are people who are listening? I don't collaborate a lot with things. That's true. Anyway, so this is our first podcast, and um, are you nervous? Yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah, I've never <laughs> spoken in front, like, into a microphone like this. Like, you were like, you know what it's like? You've been on radio, right? And I was like, um, <laughs> no, have not. Yeah, also, to be clear, <laughs> Sam did ask me to make direct eye contact with him for the duration of recording. She's doing a really good job, y'all. <laughs> It's, it's just a getting great job. a little creepy, right? <laughs> um, so I thought it'd be fun to talk about, like, you know, this is a relationship advice podcast, right? And I thought it'd be fun to talk about like our first things, you uh-huh. know, because yep. it's our first episode. That's Get right. it? Callback. Um, so, like, do you remember your first kiss? My first kiss. Yeah. Yes, I do. My first kiss was with a girl named Ashley <laughs> in kindergarten on wow, the school bus. You yeah, hussy. I know. Well, see. I was gay for a very long time, my whole life, and so I came across as very non-threatening to girls. Oh, yeah, no, And so totally. I just surrounded myself with them, and they all wanted to kiss me all the time. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. For, yours was in kindergarten, and mine was in eighth grade. Nice. <laughs> Spin the bottle. Ooh. I know. His name was Brett. Okay. Yep. He sounds great. Love the name Brett. Mm-hmm. Two T's. Oh, good, good. One C is just weird. <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty, like, un- underwhelming. I rem- remember being like, all right, that's it. Where are the Cheetos? You know, it was like a yeah. party. Um, what about your first first date is kind of boring. I actually don't really remember mine. Oh, I, I do. I did go to the movies. This is also young, but it was like we were in sixth grade, and I had a boyfriend and me and my cousin and her boyfriend went on like a double date. Our, her mom drove us in her minivan and we went to go see that movie. The uh, No, no, it wasn't The Lake House. It was like a weird yeah. Sandra Bullock movie, like rom-com. Not a comedy. Not a comedy at all. Actually, just rom. <laughs> no com. <laughs> and we held hands and it was like my first. It was like pre-kiss everything. And we held hands. And I remember being like... <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> like so freaking out. Your heart and is like, racing. Oh my god! And, and like, like a, our fingers, you know. Cr- oh, the, like the, the inching together thing oh, that happens. But the slowest Just inching. So you know? slow. <laughs> I think by the the final credits, we had touched two fingers. You oh my know? god! Um, but it was sixth grade. It was really intense. And then he didn't talk to me all summer, and he broke up with me on the first day of seventh grade. Oh, jeez. So, fuck you, Nick. <laughs> um. <laughs> I do remember my first date. It was with a girl named Katie, and I went with. Her and her brother and her parents to go see the recess movie in sixth grade. Wow. Yeah. So that's so sensual. <laughs> it, was, it was really intense. Yeah. It was really great. Her dad really loved me. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Because you were so non threatening to girls. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Because he's like, oh man, this, this little boy's definitely gay. So yeah, you can like, date my daughter as long as you want. <laughs> he's definitely not going to do anything with her. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. What about um, the first time you had sex? Ah, okay. You knew this question was coming. I know, but, like, I'm sorry, Mom, if you're listening to this. So my first time having sex was with my first boyfriend. Uh-huh. His name was Nick. It was my my senior year of high school, I think. My parents were out of town, which, like... Scandal. I know. It was it was really great. Uh, we watched Titanic. And then <laughs> You know, we... that would put anyone in the mood. The mood. <laughs> right. Like, a huge... Ice the, glacier and hundreds and hundreds of people freezing to death. Right, yeah. The best thing was was that my Kira, my friend Kira was also sleeping over. Like, it was, mm. like, the three of us. We didn't have sex together. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, honestly, it was, like, the most mediocre thing that has ever happened to me. Oh, really? Yeah, it was not great. Well, I think that's, like, 
typical first sex situations, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Like, I don't think, please write us if you had like an amazing first, like if it's just all gone down from there. Seriously. We'll read it on there. Yeah. And we'll congratulate <laughs> you and send you like some sort of fruit basket or something. That's right. So my first time having sex was also with my high school boyfriend. And oh. yeah, we snuck out of our house in the middle of the night Ooh. and he brought a tent and we had sex in a tent on a little league baseball field. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not know that? No. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> okay, so uh, were the lights, like the little league field's lights on? No, we like grew up in a really tiny town and I don't think the town like afforded like the <laughs> okay. moonlight was on if you know what i mean <laughs> uh did you sleep there all night or did you like pack up the yeah, tent afterwards no, no. and then like leave no it was romantic i mean as romantic as you can be you in know. a tent in a little <laughs> field <laughs> well we like loved each other and um the way that you do right and uh no we stayed and then i think we snuck back at like 5 30 in the morning oh yeah wow i'm I surprised know. you got away with that Many times, actually. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. What happened to him? He, I broke up with him, and um, we were like, we were a good, good match. Um, but we, I was just young, and yeah, we were both like really in love intensely. But also, I didn't know what love was because I didn't have. I hadn't like grown the capacity right. to love fully yet. Right. Um, and so I broke up with him because I like wanted to experience things. And then we like kind of like came in and out of each other's lives for a while. But the one shitty thing that I do remember is that the summer we broke up, like a couple months later, we were still hanging out as friends. And um, I remember being like, oh my God, I have a crush on this girl. And like told him oh. that I had a crush on our mutual friend. Um, it was my first real substantial girl crush where I was like, oh, my God, I want to be more than friends with this girl. Right. And then he went on to date her. <sighs> yeah. And I actually think he did it strategically. Like, I, he, I'm i not trying to undermine that relationship, but it it was like a little mismatched and a little too timed perfectly. I mean, I know. good for him. <gasps> Samuel. <laughs> like. That is well played. I will say that. That is cruel. <laughs> and like, that's like, a, I, 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 it was cruel and like gay shaming. And that's true. Okay, you know I take it mean? back. I'm sorry. It wasn't I'm sorry really. that I'm that being dramatic, but like, I was crushed at the time because it was the first time I told somebody that I had a crush on a girl yeah. in a real way, you know. Um, you can laugh at it though. Like, okay. I yeah. Mean, that's what I do. But I think I'm just a little bitter because my first time, Nick, then. Wasn't he, in a tent? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was in a bedroom. But turns out he had a boyfriend Vanilla. in New York that he told me that he had dumped when oh. we started dating, and he hadn't. And so then it all just fell apart. Uh, so you grew up in Wisconsin, and he had a boyfriend in New York? Yeah. That's like a transcontinental relationship for high school. Oh, for That's sure. That's like totally He like went place. to New York on a school trip or something and met like a boy, and then they kept dating. All right. Well. Yeah. It was fine. Whatever. Nick. Yeah. he's He's the worst. But like... He's I mean, also very good looking. <laughs> don't you hate the ones that haunt you? And you're like, right. oh, God, you're such a bad person. But like, dang, that body, mama. Seriously. Abs for days is all I'm saying. I don't really care about abs. All right. I think we should get into our... <laughs> all 
right. Okay, we came here for a purpose, and that is to help people with relationship advice oh, and I not just talk about to, ourselves. Like, judge other people <laughs> and to, you know, um, impose our judgment on them. Okay, so we're going to um, answer uh, three of our wonderful submissions every episode. Oh Thank you so much to all of you who have submitted already. Honestly, we almost cried a couple times. More than a couple times. Yeah, and we already, we like love you all so much already, and we want to like beat up the people who have hurt you. Oh, for sure. Like physically and emotionally. That's right. But maybe not physically because like... We're also very... Both of us are very petite. That's right. <laughs> and, and sickly looking. <laughs> and just like afraid of danger in most things. So Okay. So our first letter... Oh my God. You want to do... Are you nervous for our first time? <laughs> so excited. Um, our first letter is from Kiki who is writing from the void. And Kiki says... I have just graduated high school and have been dating this person for about six months, though it hasn't been too long. We've been friends for longer, so it's fairly serious, and we're definitely in love. Good for you, Kiki. Unfortunately, we will be attending colleges in different states this coming fall. I've heard from some people that it's not a good idea to keep uh, high school relationships because people change so much in college. Very true. Trying to keep uh, up a long-distance relationship will take away from the college experience. Very true. And you should use college as a fresh start, mm. etc. However, others say that if you really love someone, you can make the distance work, set aside time for each other, drive hours to see each other on weekends, etc. I have no doubt that if we stay together, this person would do everything possible to keep us together. But I'm fearful of relying too much on them and forgetting to make a new home at college. Very valid. Mm. I'm afraid of setting this elusive college experience Oh, excuse me. I'm afraid of sacrificing this elusive college experience everyone is talking about, but I'm also afraid of letting go of a relationship that's something really special. How mm -hmm. do you know if your first love, a good true love, is worth the distance or if it's holding you back from the growth that college offers? Yeah. I mean, that that is a very hard question, but I do have a very specific answer. So what do you think this person should do with their relationship? <laughs> Just break up. Okay, well... <laughs> The name of the podcast. Um, I know. Yes. I know. And I don't. I don't mean to say that to Kiki. I don't mean to say that this is not a real, true love because I. I totally believe that. And if. And if you are telling us that, like that's a hundred percent true. Um, but I just think I have seen so many people go through similar things where they mm -hmm. they left high school and went to college and and sort of brought along. The person that uh, they were dating in high school and just and uh, brought along the person they were, you that's know, right. like didn't yep. let themselves right. And and college is just such a time for transformation and for, mm -hmm. for figuring out who you are. And not, not to mention the fact that you're moving to a new place, right? You need to be building up the the network of support in that mm -hmm. place. Um, and that's hard to do if if you're spending a lot of your time and energy focused on someone who's not there and spending weekends out of town or, or whatever it looks like. And and so. I know. I know. I'm it's sad. It's, it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> we read this originally, and Sam was like, uh, just break up, duh. And he's like, oh, I'm going to be the villain of the podcast. <laughs> it's, But it's it's more complicated than that. And I, I'm also, I want to say I'm pretty torn on this one. Because, yeah. like like Sam said, I, Kiki, I believe you. Like, this sounds like a great love, you know, especially one that's healthy. Um, so I don't want to advocate for J just breaking up um, <laughs> immediately. And also, first loves are really important, but you learn how to love people by loving people, and you also learn how to love people by loving yourself. I know that's, that's right. hashtag super cliche. That's right. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's that 
I'm a it's not that I'm advocating instantly for the breakup. It's that I'm afraid of what inevitably happens in so many relationships. Just right. like your fears, Kiki, are so valid and I and I don't like to live fear like I don't like to let fear be something that drives me. For sure. Um but it's true you are going to change so much and you're going to be exposed to so many different opportunities right. and there will be a part of you that is censoring yourself. Yep. Um not just like your whole self and your ability to date other people, but like you know, you will be you'll be carrying somebody around with you, which is okay. I'm torn because <laughs> you know, I think if if they didn't write a good true love, like it yeah, like, I pulls think at my little right heartstrings, like... you know, I just want to be like, I know it's a good true love, and I. And I do know, hey, hey, I want to say this, like, I do have friends who got married, like people who dated the people they were dating in high school throughout college and got married. And so it totally does work. It does happen. For sure. But that type of relationship has to be so strong. Like your foundation has to be so strong. So if you're ready to go and give each other the space and um, respect that that's needed to grow right. as much as you deserve to at college, yeah. you just have to really work on your communication you have to really work on um your boundaries and um, be ready to grow with each other which which means maybe letting that person have experiences without you um etc uh yeah no i mean it just it would take a lot of trust and a lot of of um ability to be able to communicate in an effective way and like I I think my issue here is that like I haven't been through a situation like mm-hmm. this where I've had to to sort of move and and continue that relationship. Um, but having seen it through one of my closest friends who who had mm-hmm. a boyfriend back home and and just watching the whole relationship sort of just like fall apart in her hands. Totally. Um, and the way that that affected her while she was trying to make new friends and get used to what it's like to be in college was just like mm-hmm. was really hard. Um and also, it turns out he was gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that, like, yeah, having not been through that, it's hard for me to say definitively that you should just break up. But just based on my experience like that is mm-hmm. what I've seen. And so, like, I've, I mean, I, have you been through something like that? Yeah, but I broke up. <laughs> like, that was my high school boyfriend. And I was like, I want to experience other things. Got it. So, um, yeah, I think you talked earlier about the idea of a relationship deteriorating. Yep. And like how maybe this is an opportunity to take a different route. To That's be... right. Well, yeah, you know, it's like, wouldn't it be great if you could sort of look back on this and say and and be able to hold that that good true love in your heart for mm. for longer by sort of giving it the the parameters or the boundaries that it needs. Um, so that instead of going through the process of, um, you know having it maybe deteriorate while you're in college or or sort of fall apart, um, being able to look back and say, you know, that was a really great thing that happened to me mm-hmm. and I still hold that person in my heart and, mm-hmm. and I will remember them in the way that I want to remember them, which was was there for me in this in this space and then was able to sort of move past it when I knew that that was the mm-hmm. time to do it. And that's like the most mature, graceful thing, I yeah, think. Yeah, so just keep in mind I'm like 30 years old, so like... <laughs> and just keep in mind that I literally could not do that if my life depended on it. You could be like, oh, Sierra, here's an opportunity for you to bow out gracefully and oh, with sure. respect. Um, and I'd be like, hmm, I'd actually rather like set the whole house on fire <laughs> while playing like Katy Perry and like dancing butt-ass naked on the lawn. Like, I always go down on flames. I like cling to things until... For sure. Sure. So, like, he, I don't have the capacity to do this, but Sam's right. One option is, is like, 
put an end to it right now when it's good and maybe be like, hey, can we have the first semester to like see what this feels like apart? And if you really are drawn back to each other, Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, this takes a lot of respect and a lot of trust. um, And so we're just we're just guessing that this um, good, true love has that really strong foundation. Um, Another thing is you can um, give it a try and reassess Christmas break. You know, you'll, you'll know what feels good and what doesn't feel good. I just want to say a really quick story before we wrap up this um, question. So when I was in high school, I had such a, I had a very privileged experience of going to England and Ireland with a school trip. Oh my God. I know. You know where I went on my school trip? Where? Stevens Point, Wisconsin. (laughs) Okay, well, I heard it's, it's right in the middle of Wisconsin for those of you who don't know your geography. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I went to England and Ireland, and it was like a school trip, and there was maybe like 20 of us. And I was in eighth grade, and there was this boy there who I like had a crush on because he was like an older boy, and he was like, one of those like slimy flirty boys that gives everyone back rubs, you know? And it- <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I can see why you liked him. <laughs> um and he was I like was so into him and I was like, oh my God, when we get back, I'm gonna have this older boyfriend. He's so cool. <laughs> you know, hadn't had my first kiss, nothing. And why I'm telling this story is because when I look back on that trip, I remember next to nothing about that trip about where we went, yeah. um, the castles and museums we visited, because I was so busy positioning that boy at the center of my experience. Right. Where was he sitting? What is he going to eat? What is he going to think of me and this outfit or whatever? Yeah. And I share that to say, like, we get so few opportunities in life to truly have ourselves be at the center of our desires, at That's the right. center of our experiences. Um, we have to, like, filter ourselves through a lot of other people's wants and needs of us. And college is, is an opportunity to have a fresh start. Yep. Again, I'm not saying just break up. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying it will require a lot of work, a lot of trust, a lot of patience and respect to let both of you grow independently and, you know, alongside each other, I guess. That's right. Um, But make sure, Kika, you are giving yourself the space to grow and be independent and and experience this experience that you're never going to have again. There's no other comparable thing than going to college, truly. And if you if you decide to to keep dating, which I think is a totally valid thing to do, just make sure that you are setting yourself up for success by building those lines of communication, healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries about, you know, how often you communicate and how often you talk and um, how often you check in and making sure that that trust is there, too. So having open and honest conversations about what your expectations are um, is going to be super important as as we move through that. Yeah. But also, Sam, thanks. Yeah, but also I think you should break up. <laughs> You're like the villain. It's true. I'm like Cruella de Vil up in here. You're, I was going to say Simon Cowell, but... Oh, my God. I'm it's so okay. offended. I'm Paula. I'm just the one, like, up on pills over there. Yeah, that's great. Okay, anyway. You get to be Paula, and I get to be Simon. <laughs> just kidding. Can't wait to sleep with my best friend's wife. Steal her away. Your knowledge of pop culture icons is beyond me. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. 
And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Okay, up next. Great. Next. So next question that we have is from Suzanne from Florida. Suzanne is my mom's name, so I already love this person. Hi, Suzanne. Suzanne writes, I've been with my boyfriends. We've known each other since fifth grade and are both 23 now for about three months. And we've barely done anything sexual. Mm-hmm. And I'm 99% sure he's a virgin. How do I bring up the topic of sex with him? A virgin or a Virgo? A, a virgin. <laughs> Very important distinction. <laughs> I mean, he could be both. It's not It's not specified in here. He's very shy, and I don't want him to be embarrassed, but I do want to have sex eventually. 
even valid. if I have to wait a while before he's ready. Mm-hmm. That's great. Respectful. I absolutely don't want to pressure him. Excellent. Great. Another factor at play is the fact that we both currently live with our parents to save money. So our opportunities are already limited. Ooh, girl, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, sad face. Please help. <laughs> oh, Suzanne. Um, okay. So what I do you think, think? Uh, I think um, this is such a valid question. Um, I think that there's a couple things going on, and we can talk about one, like, you know, ways to talk about sex. Yep. We can talk about with your partner. Yep. We can talk about alternative, not alternative, but the varying sexualities that are out there, like that maybe he's asexual or, or maybe he's sapiosexual, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the knowledge one or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then the fun part is like we can talk about sexing <laughs> and having sex like in the where car. To have sex. <laughs> and, Clearly, well, hot tip tent in a little league field. <laughs> there you go. Episode title Problem solved. <laughs> Listen, we just, you know, you just make it work. You Tim Gunn make it work, you know? Um, Anyway, Suzanne, so it's so important that you start talking about this and you push through the uncomfortability, number one. But can I just say, it's hard. Like, I just want to call out the fact that it is is difficult. And, like, I still struggle with this, too. Like, in a happy, committed relationship, like, talking about sex. And, like... It's because of the way I was raised. It's because of the things that our society teaches mm-hmm. us. Like, like in my household, we didn't talk about sex. And mm-hmm. then when we did talk about sex, it was like the most awkward thing that had ever happened to that me. That is a whole other episode that I would love to <laughs> Yeah, we'll hear. unpack that in a later episode. <laughs> but so I understand that it is like these conversations can be really, really difficult to have. But yeah. that doesn't mean that they're not important to have. That's super valid. And it leads into the necessity of having them because the more you talk about it, the more you lean into that discomfort as uncomfortable as it is, you um, start to normalize that, not just for your partnership, but for yourself, right? That like mm-hmm. sex is a part of everyday life. Yep, It is a part of our culture, whether we want to deny it or not. And communicating with your partner now, three months in, is going to be... It, no matter how hard it feels right now, it'll be so much easier to do it now at three months than at a year For sure. or three years or five years. That's right. You know? The longer you don't talk about it, the Those, more difficult it's going to be. And the patterns become more it. cemented. So I actually that's think right. this is awesome that Suzanne is writing this now and saying, hey, I want to have sex. This is something that's happening. Um, the relationship's going well, I'm assuming. So I think just in terms of empowering yourself to have that conversation, just, you know, treat it importantly. Is that a word? Importantly? Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> treat it treat it as something important. Yep. Um, but with tenderness. So That's I right. would maybe like maybe you guys are laying in bed or watching a movie and you just like turn to him and you say, Hey honey, or sweetie, or cookie, or whatever your pet name is. Um, can we talk about something? Everything is okay. I'm really happy with you. I want to talk about maybe um, expanding our intimacy. Would you be comfortable with that? Mm-hmm. Honestly, y'all, like the more I practice having intimate, uncomfortable conversations, yep. the more I, I develop a script for it in my head. And I don't mean that in a robotic way, but just like, would you be comfortable if I did this? Is this okay? Like yep. learning the language of consent and intimacy, yep. it it becomes so much more easy, easy. For sure. Yeah. And I think it starts also, you know, asking him about himself too. So so mm-hmm. what are the what are the things that he would consider doing or what he would like to do? Yeah. Because if I mean it seems like you're sort of moving things forward, which I think is really great, but figuring out ways to to bring him into it and and talk about the things that he might be comfortable with to sort of move that conversation forward in a way that that is right. helpful. 
Right. And maybe even like doing some, it, it depends on his response or what you know about him. Obviously, we only get a certain amount of information, but like, For sure. I'm all about research, right? We're in a digital age. Google is my best friend <laughs> and like my romantic partner sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, so like, is your love an introvert? How does he show his affection to you? That's right. I would really, really strongly looking up, uh, suggest looking up love languages mm-hmm. and how we communicate our love. Because, say, if Sam was taught to communicate his love through touch and I was taught to communicate my love verbally and he gives me a back rub like that creeper from eighth grade, <laughs> I might not translate it to love because I, it's like I don't speak that language. That's um, right. I definitely strongly suggest looking up love languages and maybe talking about it with your partner because they just might not be expressing love and affection to you in ways that you typically hear or understand or That's translate right. to love. Yep. But also then you can see like maybe, a, you know, physical touch isn't something that he um, has a lot of experience with. Like you said, maybe he's a virgin, maybe he doesn't feel comfortable talking about it. And you can be just more well-rounded and prepared with the types of affection you can show him if you do like, I don't know, like preliminary research too, you know? Yep. There are lots of things out there that will help you have this conversation. That's right. And it, it might be easier to talk about if you talk about it in the frame of intimacy or love languages than it would if you just say... Want a bone? Yeah. Hey, you want to have sex? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hasn't always worked for me. Yeah. I mean, we started with that Surgeon General's warning. We don't know what we're doing. Right. Um, but so another thing I want to put out there... Uh, well, there's two things I want to put out there before we get to talking about sex and cars. Um, One, this person might be a virgin, but they also might have trauma in their history. They might have some experience that have made them a little bit shy to physical intimacy or has maybe an experience that has taken away their voice to talk about it. So you could be really empowering them, but just make sure you're doing it in a tender way. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean... You know, we talked about trauma and we also talked about there might be some other things at play, too. Maybe Mm -hmm. your partner is asexual. Maybe they are gay or bisexual and they're sort Mm -hmm. of figuring out what that means. And I don't say that to freak you out or to give you things to Mm -hmm. feel nervous Mm -hmm. about. I'm saying that as a way to say, like, that conversation needs to happen. And and it might be best to approach it in a way of talking about intimacy rather than sex so Mm -hmm. that you can sort of pull some of those things out, including about trauma, too. Right. So to really get at sort of what what his motivations are and what he's feeling so that— Everyone just feels like they're on the same page and they're moving forward in the same direction. Yeah. I also, yeah, like there are so many different types of relationships out there that Mm -hmm. aren't mainstream. And I don't mean that like he's going to show up in like a, you know, latex dog costume or anything. But hey, don't yuck anybody else's yum. (laughs) That's right. If he wants to, good for him. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm saying is like relationships and sexual relationships look so much more different than what we see on television or in mass media. So, hey, maybe you guys uh, don't have sex for another couple of months because he wants to wait and we don't get to see that a lot in representations of masculinity, you know, and and maybe that's his autonomous choice. But also, like, maybe he is um, bisexual and doesn't know how to explore that part about himself with you or whatever. We're obviously, we're totally speculating, but (laughs) we're encouraging you, one, to have that conversation. That's really important. Um, Two, to do it with sensitivity, but also commitment to your partner partner and commitment to your relationship. That this is a necessary choice to make. And it will be ultimately for the betterment of your relationship. That's right. And and for any hesitations that you have about sex. That's right. What were you going to say? No, and just don't lose sight of yourself in this either, too. And it's not, it's not exactly all about it. your partner. 
in this, right? It's about you too, Suzanne. Yes. And what you need and what you want. And if, but the only way you're going to know if those things are in line is if you have this conversation. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because that's what, that's the last point I wanted to make. It's like, yeah, girl, like get yours. Like you deserve a physical, intimate relationship. This is absolutely something that's okay to ask for, especially three months in. And no judgment to anyone for how little or long they wait to have sex. Everybody's body is their own. um, And everybody's relationship to sex is different. But like, hey, it's been three months. You guys are doing really well. You have a great relationship. Yeah, girl, like this is something that you deserve. You deserve to have a wonderful sex life. So we're not only trying to give you advice, we're also like your little (laughs) creepy sex cheerleaders. (laughs) That might have been the worst thing I could have <laughs> no, said there. I, I really did not like that. That really freaked me out. <laughs> what I mean is like, yes, this is valid. You are valid. Your body is valid. And your desires are valid. Absolutely. Okay, but now can we talk about sex and cars? Yes. Okay, okay. so, hey, maybe you um, approach the conversation by like, one, definitely have the conversation, but maybe you started out with like a sexy text message. Right. Like, you know, those iPhone cameras like, get really good these days. Seriously, you can put a filter on it. You can do yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, you yeah. need. Like, it's, to yeah. make yourself feel sexy. That's or, right. Um, Just a couple of tips about that. Don't include your face in it. <laughs> Um, I include my face in all of mine, so. (laughs) Okay, so also, um, if your parents, you know, are preventing this level of intimacy, which totally makes sense, right? I actually hate having sex in very public places, well, not, like, you know, in places where other people are. (laughs) Yeah, got it. So, like, a a house with your parents in it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so, like, because for me, sex is really, like, auditory and like if i don't you know i wouldn't be like super down dtf that's right in a house with my parents so like that's totally understandable yep so maybe one you splurge on a hotel because it's worth it your intimacy is worth it your your desires are totally valid um two like mm, you know all car seats do recline (laughs) and it might be the most uncomfortable thing you've ever done it's it's intense to do it in the car (laughs) it's just the worst but hey you know what we're here to advocate for you and like if it means like that buick has got to be bouncing like go for it oh my god i hate myself (laughs) (laughs) maybe your friend has an apartment that they would let you uh have for a while Oh, my God. You would be that friend. No, I totally would be that friend. He's such a good friend, guys. But then I would, like, be really grossed out the whole time. Yeah. I'd yeah, like, yeah. what did they have but sex on? But I say on? get a hotel. I say that you can—I know that money is tight for everybody all the time ever. Yeah. Um, you could get a hotel that's not terrible for $75. Right. And it's important. It's intimacy, physical intimacy is really important. It is. Yeah. Um, I think I have a million other things to say about this because I think that our relationships to sex— and um, our relationships to sex in relationships mm-hmm. um, is really convoluted sometimes. Yep. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it more in the podcast. But let's move on to the next Great. question. Suzanne, thank you so much for writing. I'm sorry that I said the phrase creepy sex cheerleader. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I believe in you. I do, too. <laughs> Love you, Suzanne. All right. Up next, we have Bree from uh, she is writing from the void. They are writing from the void. And um, this letter is one of my favorites, actually. So, I dated a boy for three years in college. It was intense for both of us. First real kiss, kiss, first love, first everything. We broke up years and years ago. We both should have healed and moved on by now, but I haven't. My heart aches from remembering what love like, what love felt like. 
what our love felt like. I know we would have still had problems, but I never viewed the problems as fatal. I used to think that love was enough, that if love was there, we could work through anything. Some days I still want to contact him and ask what went wrong all those years ago. I don't think he would have had an answer. Maybe that would make it all worse. Maybe I've already seen the worst. I don't put much effort into dating because I cannot put my heart cannot have my heart hurt again like this. I'm a grown adult now, old even, but I'm still hung up on my past relationship and what wasn't. I'm too afraid to replace the lo- that love with new love. I'm stuck. I don't have a real question for you. This is probably typical. I'm just looking for advice on how to move on. How do you recover when someone simply stops loving you? <laughs> how do you convince your brain that it was him, not you? I want to protect my heart, but damn, do I want to love and be loved again. I'm looking for hope. Oh Bree, you're killing me. <laughs> Seriously. First of all, let's just say that that was beautifully written. <laughs> yes, beautifully written. Yes. And before we get into like any responses, I just want to say like this pain is valid yep. and real. And I'm sorry that your heart is carrying it around for so many years. Like I, I know what that feels like. And yep. um, I just want to put out a general like empathy um, hug to you. Yeah. That's right. Um, so yeah, Bree, I think summarizing the questions like how to have love again after heartbreak, heartbreak, um, or hope and, and moving on, especially after your first love, um, putting how you put somebody on a pedestal, like so many people in my memory, in my Mm -hmm. romantic history, I put on this pedestal because it's really hard to either a hold them accountable because we just want everything to be okay and b realize that things are over and not everybody is meant for us. Like those things really oppose in our hearts, you know, like we, our hearts just don't want to believe that people could not be for us. That's right. Or not good to us. You know, my heart will literally do emotional gymnastics to justify other people's bad behavior or their mediocrity or their lack of desire for me, even if they did nothing wrong. Like, it's so hard to accept. And to know that that person is is out there, uh-huh. that that person is living their That's life. Literally, that that why is... Facebook is the fucking devil. Oh my god, get off Facebook, people! Actually, don't <laughs> like us. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the idea that that person is out there, that that person is happy, that that person isn't sitting there thinking about you in the way that you oh are, is so just much. like, oh, that is just the worst feeling in the world. And it it is so hard to to be in that space and to be thinking in that way and to just feel that in your heart. Yeah. Okay. So these questions. Sierra's literally tearing up right now, y'all. It just is real. It's just like really. It's it's super real. And, and hey, this is why I wanted to make this podcast is because I feel like heartbreak and desire and, and love, they are the, the universal human experiences that make life incredibly rewarding but incredibly difficult yeah like that we all know what that feels like to some extent um and we're with you brie so how do you move on um what i think about is something that i've done is i i try to um i think about how i'm like very guilty of being codependent and i'm very guilty of justifying my own unhappiness or Mm -hmm. someone's like poor behavior because I just want things to be okay. Yeah. So for me, Brie, I think about like how 
I spend pining, how much energy I spend pining for somebody like, oh my God, they are giving 30% of themselves to me, 50% of themselves on me. On their best days, they give me 80%. Or mm-hmm. like, if you look back on a relationship, like you think like, oh, we just didn't get to 100%. We just didn't yep. get there. Like, I spent so long thinking about relationships and thinking about love in terms of like fulfillment, right. you know? So like, oh, we only got to 50% of fulfillment. We didn't... It was promised to us and we didn't get there. Mm -hmm. And I had like a radical healing shift when I realized like the 30% or 50% that I felt like I was getting from someone or that I got from a relationship was 100%. Right. That was it. I was never going to get more or less from them. That was the most that they could give me. Yep. And that I, I couldn't have asked for more from them because they couldn't have given me more. Right. So like in terms of a relationship from long ago, and again, this is serious mental labor that you're doing to to convince your heart to stop hurting, right? Like yep. this is serious heart work, I call it. Yep. So looking back on that relationship and and somehow reframe it intellectually as not an unfinished project, right. but a finished project. Yep. That was it. Yep. And I think that 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 is something that that I've had to deal with as well, too. So how do you how do you and I talked about this with Kiki, too. Like, how do you reframe it in a Mm -hmm. way that that is closed? Mm -hmm. And so to remember this person that you were with, not not as being someone who you lost or someone who who you are trying to get back or want to get back. But instead to say to look at the that relationship and say, wasn't this a great thing that happened? It's sad that it fell apart, but Mm -hmm. it's that chapter is now closed because I think we are all sort of like walking through this world looking for this closure. And we're, the problem is, is that, you know, we're expecting people to offer us that closure. Yeah, and really what experiences. Needs, that's right. And what, what we need to do as people who are going through these these bad situations is figure out how do you bring that closure to yourself? And right. that, I'm not saying that's easy and I don't I don't want to belittle anyone's experience, right. but, but but that has been what has helped me. And closure to, to comes move from within. It, it's it's not right. an experience. It is a it is a mind frame. It is allowing yourself to move on. That's right. And that's what I think hurts me, you know, or tugs on my heartstrings the most about this is that we hear you breathe saying, I'm withholding myself. I'm like not letting myself move yep. on. But right. more I'm not putting myself out there because I don't want to be hurt again. So fucking oh valid. My God, so valid. Oh my God. <laughs> I, you know, Oof, yeah. Uh, sometimes I think romantically, like, I just can't do this again. Yep. I just don't want to freaking do this again. For sure. Um. So that's so real. But we also, you know, you said, like, I have I haven't put a lot of effort into dating. Um. And 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 to me, that is such a product of not giving yourself the gift of moving on. And that's again, right. like, I, this is so hard. We right. know this is so hard. But, Brie, you deserve it. That's right. Your love is valid. Even though this love didn't work, that yep. doesn't mean you didn't work. That's right. And and I just want to say to you that I know that you have it in you yes. to love again and to be loved again. You are enough and you don't need you don't need anyone else to bring that to you. You have it within you. And I just want to say I, I speak on behalf of but Sierra's crying again. I just want to say on behalf of both of us. No, but I, you wrote this letter and it's what, like maybe a hundred words. And I feel like I know you. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am connected to you. It's just the way that you express yourself, the words that you put on the page just make me want to reach out like through this mm-hmm. microphone and just touch your heart because mm-hmm. 
you are there, you are out there, you are putting it on the line for two strangers Mm -hmm. to tell you (laughs) what you need to do. And I just think you're ready. You have it. You are yes. enough. You have it within you to do this. And and you don't need us to tell you that you have it. I think that's such a good thing to say, Sam, because you can buy 100 self-help books. You can go to therapy. You can meet another people. You another person. You can go right. on Tinder um, and waste your time there because that's a stupid app. Um, <laughs> but really, it's about giving yourself permission. That's it's right. about forgiving yourself that that relationship didn't yep. work. That's right. And that it you know what, like it, it was him and not you, but it, it doesn't have to be like that. It's yep. not anyone's fault. It just isn't, it wasn't. That's right. And it, and, and it isn't anymore. Yep. Um, yep. And if you reframe it as something again, as like something that you were promised or something that was unfinished and instead as something that happened, period, right. that happened, that happened. You did that to me. We experienced this and now we're doing something else. Yeah. And if you give yourself that gift, again, that sounds really cliche, yep. but if you give yourself the gift of moving on, the opportunity to live your life. Also, Brie, like you, you say that, you know, it's been years since this relationship happened. You deserve not just happiness, but like you deserve a wonderful walk on the beach. You deserve <laughs> coffee. If you drink coffee all That's the time, right. you deserve waking up and feeling good. You deserve your heart feeling open and free yep. and your energy. You you deserve your energy feeling like clear and well-purposed. Yep. And I don't please, please, I don't want you walking around dedicating your energy to what you think could have happened yep. um, because you deserve so much more from that, from yourself than That's that. Right. Um, yep. And if you need two people telling you that, via a podcast, okay. if you need to read a 18 self-help books, if yeah. you need to go to therapy, whatever you need to do to get to that point is great. But just know that Sierra and I are sitting here and we know that you have it and you can do it. It's already in you. That's right. And honestly, the whole reason why I wanted to start this podcast was that um, Sam and I have been friends for a decade now. And the most meaningful things that happen in my life have been have come from conversations that Sam and I have had. And and we people just need other people. Um, and so trust us when we say as an outsider, it's so much harder uh, to give yourself the permission that you would give other people. Right. Um, you would never tell a loved one to um, walk around with hurt all the time. You would tell, you would want them to move on. That's right. Um, so give yourself the gift of that. Obviously there's no like five steps about this, um, but it is, it's a mental shift. You know, I I also love talking about relationships because relationships are so incredibly human. So they move to mental health. They move to our well-being, our physical health. And, um, Brie, you deserve to feel beautiful and desired and you are desired. Um, and there are people out there in the world who want to love you and who won't leave. There are people out there who won't leave you and they will treat you well and you won't have to spend your energy wondering what you did wrong. Right. Absolutely. You have said that to me, Sam. Like you've literally (laughs) (laughs) you have said, like, there are people out there who won't make you work so hard, Sierra. Right. And um, Bree, there's somebody out there who you won't have to hurt over for 20, 30, 10 years. Right. Right. It will just feel good. And you deserve that. You do. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We did it. Uh, We love you, Brie. So, yeah, um, that is uh, 
our first episode. That's the way it's going to go, That's folks. Right. And I only cried three times. <laughs> I only broke eye contact with Sam once because I was going to cry again, talking about like all the wonderful things he's done for me. So obviously off to a good start. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so at the end of every episode, we are going to do what we call the blind date in which we set you up with something that we're really excited about, um, whether it's related to relationships or not, just something that we love. That's so right. you get to know us. So what's our blind date for the day? Yeah, so we are both also true crime fanatics. Yeah, I call them murder podcasts. Yes. So. I like fall asleep to them. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Forensic Files is the most consistent relationship in my life. I've found it in every hotel across the country at it's any time there. of the day. So it's really my bow, <laughs> like hardcore. That's great. Um. <laughs> it's like a lullaby, too. Like, falling asleep to murder podcasts, you know, like, other, like my partners in the past have been like, how do you sleep to this? And yeah. meanwhile, I'm, they're like, you know, uh, Mickey was set on fire while celebrating Seriously. his birthday. And yeah. then I'm, like, out like a freaking baby. Yeah, I was, like, totally fine with with True Crime Podcast until I started listening to the Case File episodes about the East Area Rapist oh slash Original Light Sacker slash Golden State Killer. And then that I was one like... did it for me, too. Yeah, I, was I was walking like, around Australia listening to it and being like, I have to lock this um, hustle door. <laughs> yeah, like, every door needs to be locked at all times. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are recommending, recommending season two of In the Dark. Oh, my God. Such... Season one was so good, too. Season one is also amazing, so if you haven't listened to that either, it's it's great. It's also about a Minnesota case, so it like feels Minnesota. close to home. Okay. Um, but season two just wrapped up recently, and it's it's just as good as season one. Yeah. Okay, so that is In the Dark podcast. Great. So we just want to say right now, thank you so much for thank listening. You so this much. is so exciting. We're so excited. <laughs> um, we would love if you would like us on Facebook mm-hmm. um, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at uh, Just Break Up Pod. And you can also slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all ans- matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com if you want us to answer them on the show. Great. And please don't forget to subscribe. And leave us a five-star review. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really helpful to help us keep the lights on. And it also helps us meet more heartbroken souls who need two random strangers telling them what to do. (laughs) And original music recording and edited by my friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast, which is super good. But most importantly, we want you to remember that... All of you out there listening, whether you wrote in or not, um, your heart is good right now. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter who hurt you or who you hurt. You are good right now. Your heart is good. Your body is good. And your love is good. And you deserve great sex. You deserve great communication. And you deserve a great, well-rounded, loving relationship right now. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are in your life. You deserve that. Um, And we just want you to go home and know that. And if all else fails, just break up.